Have you ever felt like you have to earn God's love? Or maybe like you're not sure if he really even knows you. We've all been there. And it can often keep us from feeling the love God is always offering us. So how do we learn to really recognize the Savior and receive his love? Let's talk about it. Hi, and welcome to Magnify. We are a podcast that helps keep general conference top of mind without adding to your to-do list. I'm your host, Katherine Davis, a mom, a seminary teacher, and a big football fan who loves God. And I am so excited to learn and be inspired with you. We know life is busy, and we are here to lighten the load by bringing you weekly spiritual reminders that will leave you feeling a little bit better than before. Joining us today is Emma Martin, a podcast favorite and one of our Magnify contributors. And Emma, you just got called to the Relief Society General Board. That's a big deal. Can we chat about that for just a minute? How does a calling like that come? From the Lord, Catherine. Come on. <laughs> no, that sounds so heavy, and it is, but truly, um, you know, as this call came, it's just been divine handprints. It's just a tender opportunity to know that the Lord knows you and loves you. And I think whether it's this calling or primary teacher, you know that the Lord knows you when you are called to to bask in his love and to be in the river that this talk refers to that we'll get into and and I have felt that so, so clearly, so sweetly. Um, it's, it's still a little overwhelming, still humbling, but it is, it's the Lord. And so I, I go forward in that faith. Well, what a wonderful time to talk about this talk as well, because I might be a little biased, but we're going to be talking about one of my very favorite general conference talks today. And it just happens to be a talk given by my brother, Elder Robert Danes, who was just recently called as a 70. And this was his first time talking in general conference. And I know how nervous he was and how he rewrote his talk a number of times. And I just think what he was inspired to talk about was not only inspiring to me, but so inspiring to others from what I've heard and what I've read. And so I'm kind of excited to get into this talk with you, Ame, and some of your thoughts and some of your feelings. And I just think one of the biggest takeaways for me, as especially as we start to, to dig in, was this idea that we worship a father and not a formula. Because I think rules are a means to connect us to the divine, but we often see them as a barrier. And I like this idea that we worship a father and not a formula, but I think so often we get caught in a formula. We get caught in a checklist of to-dos and things that we have to do in order to have a relationship, but we miss the point of who the father is in a relationship. And I think that plays really beautifully into your first takeaway. And your first takeaway is to learn of him. 
What did you hear from this message that inspired this aha moment for you? You know, you're spot on. I think it's really easy in religion to get caught up in tradition. And tradition is checklist. Tradition is, did I do this? And it's easy to miss the mark, literally, right? To, to yeah. miss the Savior as we see him, as we look for him. And I thought, how beautiful is it for us to remember he is love, he is light, he is our, our everything. But it's really easy to get focused in on, well, the steps of repentance are, or the way that we go about this gospel Sunday living is, and it's so much more than that. They are the means to know the Savior better, but that is not the end. The end is knowing him, loving him, and feeling the love from him. Your brother speaking to that and saying that it's more than just, but really seeing and feeling his love. I love it. It's such a wonderful aha for me. Well, I think so often in our desire to come closer to our Heavenly Father, we develop a formulaic approach. We turn things into that are holy into a formula, saying our prayers, reading the scriptures, paying our tithing, ministering, going to church, going to the temple. It's all like these checklists and it turns into a formula where that is not at all how he wants us to view him and approach him in our relationship. In fact, I loved this quote from his talk. He said, perhaps you believe God rules in, in his heaven, speaks through his prophets and loves your sister, but you secretly wonder whether he loves you. Perhaps you have felt the iron rod in your hand, but not yet felt your savior's love to which it leads. I don't know if everybody felt like that, but I kind of thought, well, that was that quote just for me mm. <laughs> where perhaps I've wondered if he's loved my sister and not me. Perhaps the gospel applies to other people and the atonement of Jesus Christ applies to other people and grace and forgiveness, but it doesn't apply to me. And then I loved this thought where he said, if you see him differently than a loving father, please keep trying. So Ame, what does that look like to keep trying if we see him differently? How can we move past that formula? I think it's the line upon line principle, just one day at a time, line upon line, putting a foot forward in faith and trusting that if not today, then the next day. And if not the next day, the day after. But believing the Lord rewards our belief. And like President Nelson says, the Lord loves effort. And so he will reward that effort. And if it means that today I'm still not feeling that connection, then the Lord will find ways to bridge the gap. Maybe not today in the full overflow, but there'll be something that connects me to him. Maybe it's, he knows I love honeybees. And so they're on, you know, honey's on sale. That's like, that means something to me. And he'll continue to build upon that until I'm able to fully feel embraced in that space and believe that I'm worthy. It's a struggle. It's a struggle for all of us. And I don't know that we ever arrive, but we we strive every day 
Amay, why did this specifically speak to you right now in this time of your life? Well, you know, as the bishop's wife of a young single adult ward, I feel that this is the heart of the concerns of so many, but especially those who are seeking and searching for themselves. This is truly the first season where you are learning for yourself as someone who doesn't have the checklist, doesn't have the rules. I am free to do as I choose. This is a season. And so as I see and feel the young single adults in our ward struggle, wanting to know, not feeling, feeling that everyone else in the congregation has this exclusive right to the, the Lord's love, but them. I know and feel so strongly that if they're able to learn about who he truly is, they will see him. They will see him clearly and know that they are not different, that they are just as loved and cherished as the next girl or guy. And that's, it just spoke to me this season of, gosh, I wish every YSA was just tuned in right here, right now for that. Has there been anything in particular or what are things that you do to keep trying to learn who the father is to see him? You know, it sounds simple, but it certainly starts in the primary answers. That is one of the prayers of my heart every day that he will help me to be a little pin in his hand. Like it's such a, a, a sweet trust if the Lord will let you be a small answer to someone's prayer, to to be someone's yes, someone's love note for the day. And sometimes it's just a smile. Or I think about your sister and the great talk that she gave along these lines of having eyes to see, seeing the man in the store on his birthday, when we're willing to be used, he will do that. He will put us on an errand. And when we're instruments in his hands, it's not just that the other person's blessed. We, our lives are elevated. We're blessed and enriched. And that is just, those sometimes are the testimonies that do the most for me. So I think that's a powerful thought is that when you pray to to be God's hand, you get to see his hand. Mm, amen. Yes. So maybe the more you pray to be an instrument or be a tool, have you been able to see God as you've been able to be his hands? Yes. And it's humbling. <laughs> it's humbling to think that he would use you that way. You know, sometimes when someone's going through a hard time, I'll pray for you. I'll think of you. But like, I take that seriously. <laughs> I am so, so very much appreciative. And you can feel prayers, even if you may not know the source. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I had that experience just earlier today. There's so many things. I've stopped counting the things on my plate. It's overflowing. <laughs> and in the midst of another thing coming through my email to do, I just thought I cannot. And the moment following that, I felt this peace that it's going to be okay. And I then immediately thought someone's praying for me. I don't know who it is, but someone is thinking of and praying for me. And then I got a text and I had a feeling that it must've been that person. And I was so grateful. And so when the Lord is kind enough to say, Catherine, I trust you to go this way and not that way, to say and do this thing, 
that will bless someone immensely, that is humbling and so treasured. And so that he would trust any one of us <laughs> to be the answers, the instrument through which he blesses his children. Well, that's sacred space. That's holy ground. A lot of days when I teach seminary at the beginning of class, some of my classes, we start noticing the hand of God moments in our lives. And for me, the power that has come into my life and that I see in my students' life is that we begin to see God involved in our lives. And if God is helping Susie and if God is helping Andrew, then he's involved in my life. And to be able to, in a way, put a face behind that love. It's helped me put a face to God as I've seen him work in others' lives. And that's often, I think, the power of, of service. Um, and that is often the power of being his hands as we get to see his hand. We get to see him as a heavenly father and to see the love and the relationship behind that instead of just a to-do list right? Mm -hmm. Which I think leads us into your second spiritual reminder, which is to lean into his love. Well, what did you hear from this talk that really made you think of that thought that I need to lean into his love? I loved the idea that he came to personify love. He came to fulfill all of those things that the prophets spoke of Isaiah, as we, you know, prepare to enter the Christmas season and the Messiah and how, you know, we sing about how he was the um, wonderful counselor, all of these great things. He personified love. God sent him here for that very purpose to be the image of love. And so of course, lean into that. The world offers so many alternatives, unfortunately, so many counterfeits, for such a time as this, that we need to lean into his love. Yeah, and it made me think of this quote from from Rob's talk, where he said, our covenants are fundamentally about relationships. Yes. They are not rules to earn his love. He already loves you perfectly. Our challenge is to understand and shape our life to that love. And then this line, and this is the line I want to talk to you about because I haven't been able to get it out of my mind. Elder Dane said, covenants are the shape of God's embrace. Honestly, I heard that line and I've never thought of it that way. Never. Like that hit me. And I don't know why that was so impactful and why I haven't thought of it in that particular way before or in that image. But I mean, like, what does that do for you? What does that change for you? everything. When I heard that, it was so electrifying. And I said, oh, stop, stop. Oh, but you can't. But darn, this is like, that is everything. Like, yes. Like, think about the last time you were in the temple and were participating in the sweet ordinances of that holy house. Yes, it's an embrace. It's the Lord saying, come, see me, feel my embrace, see my face. And when you're walking in his light, in his love, you feel, you feel that. <laughs> of course, the Lord wants us 
to know him and to feel that love. And so he says, come unto me. This is how you're going to, this is how I show my love by giving you more, (laughs) by blessing you, by, uh, you know, I think, gosh, if we understood how, how much we gain by obedience, by following his ways, you know, we often, I think in our, our, our immaturity can think that the checklist or the rules or obedience isn't cool, but I feel so much peace when I'm following his rules. I'm not worried about where I am, where I'm going to wake up or what's going to go wrong in my life. I know when I'm living on his side of the line that everything will be all right. It may not be perfect, but it will be all right. And I just, I love that, that idea that he loves us through his laws, through the covenants he gives us. That is so beautiful. That it's all about a covenantal relationship. Mm-hmm. And we see his face through covenants. Yes. Covenants bring relief. Covenants bring power. Covenants bring strength. And they bind us to them. And in fact, Elder Holland gave this great talk where he talked about the origin of the word religion. And it actually means to tie or to bind. Yes. So the purpose of religion or covenants is to tie or bind us to him. So that we can, like, we can see him through our covenants. And I, I just am so moved by that idea that, that the shape of his embrace can be found in my covenants. I think it has changed the way I partake of the sacrament. Mm. It has changed the way I look at the temple Mm. and it has especially changed the way I view my garments. Mm. I was so struck by the entire weekend, General Conference really reiterated this idea of relationship and that be more than just commitment, but it is truly in knowing him, in loving him, that we are tied to him, that deep covenantal binding love that is deeper than anything else. And what, again, what a trust that he would allow us to know him so intimately. Yeah. I think that's the other really profound part of that quote for me is not only are the covenants are the shape of God's embrace, but right before that, where it says our challenge is to understand and shape our life to that love. And it doesn't say that it's easy to do that. It says it's a challenge. So I know for me in at different stages of my life, sometimes I haven't necessarily shaped my life to feel that love. Mm. And I mean, what would you say to somebody who's really struggling to feel God's love or they just see the rules? Mm. They don't see the embrace. Mm. How can we feel that for ourselves, not for somebody else? Mm. You know, again, I think of Sister Runia and how she encouraged us to be cheerleaders And I think sometimes we have to find those people to cheer us on. So look for the light in others and let them help lead us on. Let them guide us. Let us be inspired by that. And just like, you know, a a spiritual bug or or hug, as Elder Renlund once mentioned, let it be contagious. Let us try to catch that because it's you you can feel the goodness and, and the faithfulness from others. And if you just 
hang around them and, 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 and absorb that a little bit, somehow by osmosis, you, you can catch it. And I think what a sweet thing. And cause you're right. It doesn't always come innately from within. It doesn't always just flow through us, but we know the people it does. We all know them. We could all name someone right now that embodies that. Lean into them, find them, <laughs> tether yourself to them because they're tethered to him. And then let that build you, let that encourage you until you can can build your own strength and have your own gospel learning. And your brother even says that. He says at the end, let us be able to feel that embrace and then help others to do the same. And so tether yourself to someone until you can directly tether yourself to the Savior in that promise. Yeah. And can I just say, I, I think that is, and I know him, so it sounded a little differently to me, but just the vulnerability that he shared in that moment of, I haven't always seen God this way. I haven't always felt this. And so for me, if there are those who don't feel that right now, I've been there. Everyone's been there. Elder Danes has been there. And so what do we do in those moments when maybe we don't feel the love? I love your idea of tethering or finding somebody who can see that in ourselves. And then just keep trying. Rob says, go to the scriptures and read the gospels. He's like, read the gospels and see how the Savior interacts with others. And in every interaction, I love that phrase, how he said, he is the face of God's love. So really, it's God's love that we're feeling through every interaction with the Savior and to see it and to keep trying and to keep hanging on and just to keep going, but knowing that you're not alone if you're feeling that the love does not apply to you. It's such a beautiful thing to see the face of God in the Gospels through the Savior. I love that, as your brother pointed out, he is, he came to hang with the sinners. He came to hang with the least of these. And so for me, that says, well, where do I need to be? Where do I need to show up? How do I love on those people the way he did? And as your brother remarked, it's so beautiful to consider how he loves those who seem and felt unlovable, how he ministers to them. And if you can put yourself in those shoes, in their feet, then you know he can do the same for you. And to your point about vulnerability, you know, maybe you, you're not up to tethering yourself to someone, then talk to the Lord. Talk to him and give him everything. He, he can handle it. Trust, he can handle the anger, the frustration. He can handle all of that. And so vulnerably, Turn it all over to him and ask him and he will deliver. He, his promises are, are throughout the love note of his word. And he says it time and time again. The love note of his word. Mm -hmm. That is a beautiful way to say that. Yeah. So I think that actually leads in perfectly to your third point. And especially if you are feeling that maybe you can't see Heavenly Father for who he is, or you're not feeling of his love. Your third point is to love like he loved. 
I want to hear more about why did you feel so inspired with this takeaway? Again, I think it is such a beautiful blessing that God would embody his love in our Savior. That as we search his word, we can see the love of God. And I think it's such a, a, a tender blessing to try to copy and paste and not in a shackless way because we said we're not going to do that. That's exactly what we're trying to get away from. But to just think about how tenderly, how thoughtful the Lord was in his life, if we can find ways to do that as he does with all the energy of heart, with all the focus, with all of the sincerity. He was so, so personal. He was so in the moment with people. He loved like no other. And so that's, that becomes our goal. (laughs) How do we love heart, mind, and soul every day, everyone? Not easy. It's exhausting, (laughs) but possible. So from his example, Ame, how would you love? How do you want to love someone or a family member or a friend who is struggling or a neighbor? It's a great question. I've to me it looks like 360 love. Loving the hard parts and the holy parts. <laughs> Loving them holistically. And knowing that even though they are not where I want them to be, who and who am I (laughs) to even make a standard, but knowing that if the Lord can love me, (laughs) then I can do minimally that much, right? I mean, I think about how much grace I need in my life, then how much more should I be extending that to others? (laughs) And so... My gosh, I'm grateful that my yardstick is not the measurement for celestialism because I would barely make it myself, right? Like, and so loving you wholeheartedly and knowing that the Lord loves you perfectly. And so I'm trying to get there, but it's fully, fully engaging and loving all parts of you, knowing the Lord does that for me too. And I think loving 360 is a way that we can feel of God's love for us. In fact, Rob says this, that to serve in in this church is to stand in the river of God's love for his children. This church is a work party of people with picks and shovels trying to help clear the channel for the river of God's love to, to reach his children at the end of the row. So grab a pick and a shovel and join the team. Help carry his love to his children, and some of it will splash on you. Yes. So, Amay, when has it splashed on you? Every single time. Every single time I say yes. Again, whether it's Stake Relief Society president or primary teacher, like if I am fully in it, wow, <laughs> the blessings are infinite. They are just so sweet. I think about the last time I was in primary as a teacher and just the tenderness of their examples of how they love so, so fully. And that just washes over you. I think about being Stake Relief Society president and just 
the intimate opportunity to see how the Lord is working in people's lives in a way that you don't get to see when you're not in it to serve them, to stand with them, to to share those special moments. And so, yeah, I, I loved what he said that I was like, oh, stop there. That's awesome. It's so true because it will splash on you if you're just willing to wade into the pool of his service, you will get some and you'll want some more. You go into the deep end because it's just a joy. You know, the past month has been pretty challenging for me and my family and a little uncertain. And I've worried a lot. And this quote right here, I actually printed up a picture of uh, a pickaxe from my grandpa that he had when he immigrated from Sweden. I, I printed up a picture and I, I've stuck it in my car just on my visor. And I look at that picture and when I feel overwhelmed or when I feel worried or when I feel uncertain, I look at that and I think, get to work. Mm-hmm. Who can I love? Who can I serve? Who can I share positive word with. And inevitably, every time I do, I feel of God's love for me. Mm. And I want to always carry a pickaxe or a shovel. Mm. That's my goal. And that's my mission is to clear the way. Because when I do, peace comes. When I do, I see his face Mm. and not just the rules. Mm. Amen. And I love how you speak about clearing the way. because then others can tap into that too. Again, it's not a club of celestial exclusivity. Everyone has the opportunity to tap into that, to feel it, to be washed over by it. What a gift. So Ame, you know, we love to end every episode with a small and simple challenge that we can implement throughout the week, something that can help us feel of God's love and to see his face. So what is your small and simple challenge for us this week? Send the text, make the call, write the note. Someone is waiting. You have the opportunity to be his pen. Do it. Be that instrument. Clear the way. Amen. Amay, thank you so much for being here. And let's continue the conversation. Yes, let's keep this conversation going. Head over to socials and follow Magnify and add your comments.